Welcome to Men Alive, a biblical journey to help us conform to the image of Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Paul Estabrooks. Our teacher is my longtime friend, Dr. Jim Cunningham, consultant in adult education, director of GoTeach Global, and author of the book, Men Alive. Jim, as we continue our series on the Beatitudes, the question arises, what does it mean to be poor in spirit? Let's begin with Matthew's background to the story. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. News about him spread all over Syria, and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon-possessed, those having seizures, and the paralyzed, and he healed them. Large crowds from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and the region across the Jordan followed him. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. Picture what's happening. Jesus is speaking to a large crowd of people on a hillside on the side of the Sea of Galilee. The Bible says there were 5,000 men at this gathering, plus women and children. That could have been a very large crowd of perhaps 10,000 counting women and maybe over 20,000 if we count families. They have gathered to hear this new miracle worker from Nazareth some 40 kilometers away. Before we look at what Jesus said, put yourself in the place of a Jewish man sitting on that hillside with your wife and your children. Your country is under the control of a foreign army, the Romans. They are brutal. Your taxes are being paid to sustain an emperor who lives over 3,000 kilometers away in Rome, a total dictator. You are being cheated every time you change money. And the rabbis keep promising that according to the prophet Isaiah, a Messiah or a deliverer is promised, and he will come soon. But they've been saying that for over 400 years. You may have heard of men who tried to lead a revolt against the Romans. Some Jewish man named Thutius appeared claiming to be somebody, and about 400 men rallied to him. He was killed, all his followers were dispersed, and it all came to nothing. After him, Judas the Galilean appeared in the days of the census and led a band of people in revolt. He too was killed, and all his followers were scattered. So here you sit, waiting to hear the words of another Galilean, Jesus of Nazareth. Could he be the one we are looking for, waiting for, praying for? But you remember what you heard a Pharisee named Gamaliel teach. If any man is doing all this effort in his own strength, it will come to nothing. But if it is from God, you will not be able to stop it. Here you sit, waiting to hear Jesus speak. This same Jesus who turned water into wine at a wedding a short while ago in Cana, the one who gave sight to the blind. Shh, listen, Jesus is about to speak. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 5, 3. Whoa, wait, wait, wait. What does that mean? You can almost feel the difficulty his listeners are having with his opening words. They are waiting for an anti-Roman crowd-raising rally. And he starts with a bombshell. 
Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 5.3 It takes a minute to sink in. Acknowledging our poverty in spirit is another way of describing humility. It occurs when a man or woman realizes his or her own utter lack of resources to meet life and find his or her strength in God. Such an attitude leads one away from an attachment to things to wholehearted dedication to God and heaven. And the word for poor here means absolute, abject poverty. We could thus paraphrase the first beatitude this way. Blessed are those who have realized their own utter helplessness and inadequacy and who have put their whole trust in God. Such a person will humbly accept the will of God and thus become a citizen of the kingdom. Keep in mind we are describing the teachings of Jesus on how to be conformed or transformed to his image. To be one of his disciples, this first teaching on how to be part of his kingdom is hard to accept. Be humble. That's not exactly a rousing, let's kill the Romans battle cry. Jesus is establishing the ground rules for citizenship in his kingdom. Humility. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says in Philippians 2. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Jesus Christ, who, being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You are listening to Men Alive with Dr. Jim Cunningham. You can receive a free PDF of our new devotional booklet, Live the Jesus Way, by sending Dr. Jim an email, menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. That's menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. There appears to be only four character qualities openly identified about Jesus in the Bible. Jesus said to his disciples, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. John the Baptist knew Jesus well. They were first cousins. John said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the earth. He knew that Jesus was the Messiah. And the Apostle John added, The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and full of truth. Full of grace, full of truth, gentle and humble. This is an awesome description of Jesus Christ's character. Every wife would love to have those four character qualities in her husband. 
Every neighbor would be blessed to have a neighbor with those four qualities, full of grace, full of truth, gentle, and humble. Scripture says in James 4, 6, God resists or opposes the proud, but gives grace or shows favor to the humble. Which Bible stories help describe a man who was humble? One humble man was David. He was anointed by Samuel to be king of Israel when he was still a young boy. But David did not let it go to his head. King Saul did not even know this had happened. Later, King Saul was afflicted with what the Bible calls a tormenting spirit. So Saul's servants suggested bringing David in to play his harp, and the tormenting spirit would go away. In 1 Samuel 16, 18, one of the servants answered and said, Look, look, I have seen a son of Jesse the Bethlehemite, who is skillful in playing, a mighty man of valor, a man of war, prudent in speech, and a handsome person, and the Lord is with him. King Saul liked David, trusted him, and said of him, I am very pleased with him. Jonathan, the king's son, and David became kindred spirits. Jonathan gave David his princely robe, his armor, his sword, his bow, and his belt, but it never made David proud or haughty. He remained a humble servant of King Saul and went wherever Saul sent him, and he prospered. But King Saul became jealous of David after David killed Goliath and had military victories so much so that eventually Saul told his son Jonathan, As long as David is alive, you will never be king. Go get him so I can kill him. Jonathan warned David, but David did not fight back to gain what was rightfully his throne. He humbled himself and ultimately fled to Gath, the home of Goliath, to escape Saul's army. But the officers of King Achish were unhappy with David being there, and David heard their conversations and became afraid that they were going to kill him. Place yourself in David's position. Surrounded by Philistine soldiers who hate you for killing their champion Goliath, and the soldiers are saying, Isn't this David the king of the land? In other words, let's kill him. No matter what you say, you are a dead man. You are all alone, surrounded by enemy soldiers, no friends to help you fight. What would you do, Pablo? Not sure what I would do. Not sure I would have the courage to go there in the first place, but we know what David did. The Bible says he humbled himself and pretended to be insane, scratching on doors, drooling down his beard like a madman. King Achish, also called King Abimelech, said almost humorously, Must you bring me a madman? We already have enough of them around here, so why would I want him as my guest? In simple terms, get that guy out of here, he's crazy. So David flees to the cave of Adullam. There he's joined by his brothers, his relatives, plus some 400 other men who are identified as in trouble, in debt, or just discontented with King Saul's leadership. From this experience in escaping from certain death by the Philistines, David gathered his men together and spoke what is now recorded as Psalm 34 after he was delivered by God. Listen. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and he delivered me from all my fears. This poor man cried out, and the Lord heard him, and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him, and delivers them. By humbling himself, 
David saved his life and preserved the messianic line that continued up to the birth of Jesus of Nazareth, whose earthly father was Joseph, a descendant of King David. The same Jesus, our Lord and Savior, humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. By his humility, Jesus, the descendant of David, will soon rule the earth as King of kings and Lord of lords. Hallelujah. Poor in spirit means becoming humble. A fresh insight into the opening lines of the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the poor in spirit, the humble, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Thanks, Jim. Don't forget to order your free PDF copy of our new offer, Live the Jesus Way, Following and Living the Teaching of Our Master. Request it at menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. That's menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. Men Alive is a production of Go Teach Global. Visit our website at goteachglobal.com. Until next time, I'm your host, Paul Estabrooks, on behalf of Dr. Jim Cunningham, encouraging you to become Men Alive, transformed into the image of Jesus Christ.